To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Sir John Key, a very good evening to you. Yeah, hello, Kerry. Hi, I hope I kind of make it because I'm in Houston and I'm now perched outside the airport trying to see if I can get connections, so we'll see how it goes. Oh, thank you. Thank you for taking the call anyway, because you had a really special encounter with the Queen, didn't you, being invited to stay for the weekend at Balmoral. That was an unusual privilege. It was. You know, I think it'll be one of the greatest memories I have of my life, actually, the opportunity to go to Balmoral and share it with the family. And in many respects, it sort of summed up who the Queen was, this person that, you know, had a tremendous relationship with you know, millions of people and led, you know, many nations via the Commonwealth and, in our case, as Queen of New Zealand. But underneath all of that, she was also a very family person. She understood yeah. the importance of family and how special it was. And and it was such a unique opportunity for me to go to Balmoral. It would have been very easy for her to say, you come or, or, or come with your wife, with Brona. But um, she really wanted the children to be there as well as something they would remember for the rest of their lives. So it's sort of testimony to the woman that she was. Yeah. And... Were you given much um, in the way of a briefing of how to prepare for a weekend so you didn't put your foot in it? Not saying you would have, but I mean, there, there is protocol and uh, not all of us grow up with that protocol. To be fair, I probably got form of putting my foot in it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was fortunate that uh, impact to give us a briefing as best they could. The, the pr- her principal private secretary then was was um, Christopher Geis. He's now these days Lord Geis. Yeah. Um, actually the guy that led the inquiry into standards in, in Boris Johnson's government. That's but right. he he was fantastic, and he had a great relationship with my chief of staff, Wayne Eagleson. So they sort of nutted out that you know, how it all works. And it's a, it's a, it's a sort of fairly um, standard process if you come to the weekend. So always one night is, uh, is an event where or a dinner where it's formal and black tie, yep. and one night is, is the barbecue. And the funny thing is you don't know which night it's going to be. So we arrived on the Friday afternoon in Balmoral and um, as it turned out, we were lucky because that night was the barbecue, which actually for me, I probably could have put a black tie on in about two minutes, but for Skippy and uh, Brona, a little bit more of a, of a, of a, of a sort of operation to get ready. So, um, yeah, we were lucky. And then the next night was black tie and, yeah, but they gave us lots of options of things we could do and, and um, they have a little golf course there at Balmoral and it's a nine-hole golf course, and the Queen said to me when we were at dinner on the Friday night, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, well, Max and I are going to go and play, um, uh, going to go and play uh, golf. And um, I think Broner and, and, and Steffi went out walking with Kate, because uh, Will and Kate were there for the weekend with, with their children as well. And, right. and um, anyway, as it turns out, she said to me, oh, the first hole's called Albert and Victoria. And I said, well, why is that? And she said, oh, you'll work it out when you get there. And you get down to the first green, and on one side is a statue of uh, Albert and the other side is a statue of Victoria. So quite a cute little hole. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And when it comes to taking a hostess gift, what do you take the Queen when you go to visit? I know this might sound crazy, but um, for the woman who literally has everything, we, we know there's some things that she really loves. And we took 
we took honey and we took a parcel of sort of New Zealand cheeses and food. Yeah. We, I think we bought some other gifts as well. But yeah. but and you know she loved she really loved all that because I mean what do you do? I mean you've you've got everything everything's on 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 you know, on demand, and and she 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 really had a great. Um, affinity with New Zealand. She'd been, I think, 14 times from memory. It's certainly a lot. And so she she loved a lot of the projects from New Zealand. And, and at the heart of it, actually, she loved being in a rural environment. So I remember, actually, when we bought it, she put the, the first night when we, when we arrived, actually, we had um, drinks and things, of course, and um, you know, the, the, the cheese and honey and biscuits and things were out, and we all nibbled on them. So had a little bit of a kiwi start to the, to the barbecue oh. that evening. Oh, how wonderful. And when it came to discussions about the monarchy, were, were there political discussions or was it purely a social family gathering with her kids there, your kids there? Um, combination of two, really. I mean, you know, you have lots and lots of time, obviously, over the course of, you know, 48 hours, they had lots of, you know, to have discussions with her. And she's quite open, you know, I mean, <clears throat> quite happy to, to uh, to talk to you about anything. I mean, yeah, obviously extremely discreet, but on the other yeah. side of the coin, she's seen everything. Yeah. And I, I spent a lot of the time just asking her about various guests that have been in the history of you know people. And I mean, like everyone from Winston Churchill to Ronald Reagan. So it's an, kind of an amazing um, array of people that had been to Balmoral. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> equally, obviously, use the opportunity to talk about New Zealand. And because it sounds a bit of a funny thing, I, I suppose, but if you were the if you're the Prime Minister of Britain uh, these days, Liz Trust, she would go every week and, and see the Queen, have an audience with the Queen, and just update them on the activities of the government. Because by definition, the Queen gives what's called royal assent. In other words, it's the final signatory for any legislation that takes place. Well, when you're a New Zealand Prime Minister, she does, in, a, in essence, exactly the same thing, but in her capacity as the Queen of New Zealand. Yeah. So like the the honours system when we get Queen's Birthday honours or the New Year's honours, they're actually given on behalf of Her Majesty in her position as the Queen as the Queen of New Zealand. So we did have a thought, and every time I went to the UK or whatever, and then actually sometimes on the phone, we had updates. And so at one point we just agreed a time, I think it was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and um, she agreed, look, we'll have, we'll, we'll effectively go to the formal part of things. And so... Uh, I went and put on Susan, and we met upstairs, and um, and then we sat down and had the formal audience, like, like we had done on many occasions, for instance, at either Windsor or, or Buckingham Palace. Yeah. And when it came to the idea of continuing as part of the Commonwealth with the Queen as head of state, did that kind of personal visit change your personal views? Well, to be fair, I've always been a long-term monarchist. So, I mean, mm. one of the things actually when I wanted to change the flag, I mean, I think people, yeah, maybe, I don't think too many, because I think people probably understand my position, but I mean, they probably found that a little bit odd, that on the one hand, I wanted to get rid of the Union Jack, and on the other hand, I loved having the Queen of the <laughs> State and now King Charles. So, I mean, to me, I just saw them as sort of really different issues. I mean, it, it's um, not that we're not proud of our history and the Union Jack and all those sort of things, but I just thought there was a, a better way of, of feeling uh, collectively as a team of New Zealanders what, what modern-day New Zealand represents us. And I know I had all of those discussions with her and she fully understood the logics and arguments and then she said, look, it's a matter for the people of New Zealand. She was fine with that. Um, I mean, I think she understood that it was inevitable that some countries would become republics and 
it would depend on a variety of different reasons. I always thought that New Zealand wouldn't and certainly wouldn't for a very long period of time. For a lot of reasons, not the least of them being that Māori are fundamentally opposed, actually, to the Queen not being the head of state or, or you know, the monarch not being the head of the state. And the reason for that, of course, is that yeah. when the treaty was signed in 1840, they believed they formed a partnership between Māori and the Crown, and they would see that if the Crown was no longer the head of the state, that that would somehow weaken that. So there's certainly been... That was a view that was expressed to me by quite a number of, of, of senior Māori leaders over the years. Um, Look, I don't know, I think, I've always thought of it like this, really, which is, and I put it out in my statement, that, you know, she's a monarch like no other. She led with grace and dignity and purpose, but also with um, a real a real sort of beauty about the way that she did things. She had a genuine care for New Zealand. You didn't have to remind her of things or nudge her along or ever feel like you were taking up her time. She, she genuinely wanted to know how things were going and what was happening. And she was extremely knowledgeable. And knowledgeable actually way beyond a briefing note. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, leaders all get briefing notes, let's be real. But she actually had an, a sort of intimate sort of love, I think, of New Zealand. And she did lots of things that she wanted to do to help and promote New Zealand. So when we were going to open the Supreme Court, I actually asked her to come to New Zealand to do that. And she said, look, I probably could travel there, but it's quite a long way. You know, she was, mm. she was obviously getting on at that point. And she said, but I'm going to send Prince William for the first time to represent That's me. Right. And tons of media will come, and it will be an unbelievable promotion event for your country. It will be. And, like, she just yeah. smiled and fully understood exactly what she was doing. And, and it was great for William because it was a safe place to come, and it was great for New Zealand. And I think... It kind of sums it up. She was way more in touch and intuitive than people might want to believe of a person that lived 12,000 miles away. Wonderful, wonderful recollections. And I thank you so much, Sir John, for picking up the phone and standing outside Houston Airport and persevering while we made the connection. I very much appreciate it. Sir John Key. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.